Nexus PMG welcomes you to the Bigger Than Us podcast, which we as energy geeks lovingly refer to as the BTU. Bigger Than Us is a podcast that focuses on ideas that will shape the future of our planet and ultimately our existence. We will occasionally lean into energy topics because after all, it's the key to our collective survival, but we'll also explore other ideas and topics that we believe will have an impact that is bigger than us. And now, on to today's show. Hello and welcome to the Bigger Than Us podcast. I'm your host, Raj Daniels, and today I'd like to welcome Diego Saez Gill to the show. Diego is the founder and CEO of Pachama, a Y Combinator-backed startup working to accelerate the flow of capital to carbon capturing projects, starting with forest biomass projects. Pachama harnesses satellite images and machine learning to verify the carbon storage on forests and then connects directly to project developers with carbon credit buyers in an open marketplace. Prior to Pachama, Diego co-founded BlueSmart, an IoT company that raised $20 million in venture capital in Silicon Valley and China and was acquired by industry leader TravelPro. Diego also co-founded WeHostels, a pioneering online travel marketplace which was acquired by Student Universe. Diego was awarded with the MIT 35 Innovators Under 35 and was selected as a high-impact entrepreneur by Endeavor Global. Diego, how are you doing today? Hi, Raj. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well. Diego, where are you currently located? I am currently in the Santa Cruz Mountains, um, where I used to have a house until it burned down to the California fires that were raging recently here. And now I'm staying with a friend who generously uh, lended me his uh, tiny house next to his main house. I hope you and everyone were okay during that whole incident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fortunately, um, we're safe. Uh, I just lost uh, material things. Of course, uh, quite a shock, but uh, but I'm I'm back on my feet and you know taking this as a as a, an opportunity to learn, practice, you know, many um, wisdoms that I've been learning about, and and of course to stark reminder of the urgency of climate change uh, and taking action on it. Well, I really appreciate you taking time out for us. So, Diego, I'd like to open my show by asking my guest the following question. If you were asked to share something interesting about yourself, what would it be? Um, let's see. Um, I grew up in the north of Argentina. I am descendant of both uh, European immigrants that came to Argentina at the beginning of the 20th century and indigenous people of South America. And um, I left Argentina uh, 13 years ago with a big curiosity to discover the world. And I moved to Europe first, then I came to the U.S., then I moved to China, then I came back to uh, South America and finally ended up uh, settling here in California. And I think that, you know, all that exploration of the world led me to, in one hand, appreciate how beautiful and diverse is our world, 
how we are one humanity and also how much we are destroying our planet and and the the importance of of taking care of this only home we have which is planet earth um so i guess that's a little bit about me that is very interesting where did you spend the most time when you were traveling um well i lived two years in europe and i backpack uh visiting over 24 countries in europe um in asia i was living in hong kong and uh i i went and i visited a lot of cities in china and and other you know countries in southeast asia and you know in south america i also visited many countries and and spent some time in the amazon rainforest um so yeah uh, today i think we're i i i I spent most time in the United States, actually, uh, in the last 10 years. But always um, those trips inform a lot, you know, my, my, my standing today, yeah. You know, speaking specifically of Asia, so I'm from London originally, but mm-hmm. specifically Asia, I have family that's in India and then coming across East Africa and London. What I find that surprises people when they visit us in America and also vice versa when I've been over there is that, and I'm going to pick out one specific appliance, the ref- the size of a refrigerator. Hmm, yeah. You know, here, here in America, we have, you know, huge refrigerators, almost, you know, a lot of families I know have two refrigerators. Right. And when you travel overseas, Europe included, you're just surprised at how people are able to like maintain or keep families with the refrigerator that's so small. And right. Yes. Yes. Everything is bigger in America, for sure. <laughs> yes, it is. So earlier you mentioned saving the world, which I think is a great way to segue to your current company, Pachama. Can you give an overview of Pachama? Yes. Pachama is a technology company that has the mission of helping restore nature to solve climate change. Um, and the way we are doing it today is by harnessing the latest on satellite images and artificial intelligence and the internet to bring more transparency and efficiency to the world of forest carbon credits, which is a mechanism by which companies, governments, and individuals can support reforestation projects or forest conservation projects around the world as a way to compensate their current emissions. And, you know, this is something that is super important that we do today because, of course, we need to move away from fossil fuels. That's the number one task to address climate change. But we also need to start removing the CO2 that we put in the atmosphere. And turns out that the most effective way that we have today is by protecting and restoring forest. And, you know, this mechanism could drive billions of dollars that are needed urgently to to start this movement you know the next two decades are key to address climate change and 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 we want to help assure that forests will play an important role on that on that cause so you mentioned satellite internet and other technologies and feel free to get as technical as you need to without obviously giving away any trade secrets can you give an example of how it works yeah so as I said, today, this market exists by which companies are looking to support reforestation and forest conservation projects around the world to compensate their emissions. But it's been difficult until recently for these companies to know 
the quality of these projects and whether they are fulfilling their promises, which is planting trees or or um, conserving forest, and whether the measurements of how much carbon this forest capture are correct or not. So what we do is we use we combine satellite images coming from different constellations, um, NASA's Landsat, uh, the European Space Agency, Sentinel, and then you know private satellite companies that we purchase images from. And, and we combine that with LiDAR captures of the forest collected by airplanes. And then we use algorithms, computer vision algorithms, to determine how much carbon is there on that forest and how that carbon has changed over time as a result of deforestation or reforestation. And, and then we can monitor the progress of these projects over time with new images that are coming on an ongoing basis. So with all that, we are aiming to validate, monitor, and, and, and give trust to these projects that are doing really good jobs, but in, in, in the majority of the cases, but you know, because they're in faraway countries like Brazil and Peru and Congo and Indonesia, uh, sometimes have a hard time getting the funding that they need to continue their work. So you mentioned LIDAR in there. I'm familiar with LIDAR, but can you share to the audience what LIDAR is? And my question is, do you actually um, I don't pay for the planes to fly over and collect that data with LIDAR? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so LIDAR is a technology that, similar to radar, uh, can scan by sending a signal, which in this case is a laser beam, uh, from a device towards an environment and receive that laser back. And in doing so, it can reconstruct three-dimensionally the shape of an environment with a cloud of points. This, this cloud of points is, is the points in which the laser reflected. Now, this is a technology that's been making great progress thanks to self-driving cars. Self-driving cars, uh, the majority of self-driving cars use LiDAR to scan and recognize the surroundings of the car, right? Um, and, and today these devices are smaller and cheaper and, 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 and more efficient. So you can attach one of these devices to an airplane or to a drone, and then you can fly over that airplane um, over a forest and get a three-dimensional scan of the forest in which you have the height of the, of the trees and the shape of the trees. And... To your, to your question, to your second question, we, we have access to some public, publicly available LiDAR data forests around the world. But then in some cases, we do purchase data from companies that are flying airplanes uh, above forests. In some cases, we, we have contracted um, companies to fly over a forest, which is expensive to do. But, um, you know, it, it's the way that we have to to make our algorithms more precise and to calibrate the, the accuracy of our cal- algorithms. Appreciate you sharing that. So if I'm understanding correctly, is Pachama like a marketplace, but a verified marketplace? Correct, yes. So we connect the parties, we connect these companies that are seeking for projects and projects that are seeking for funding, and we use all that data to verify and give trust to the parties. But ultimately, yes, we are uh, also a, a marketplace in that sense, um, facilitating the connections between the parties. And 
what kind of companies use your service? So we are working with all sorts of companies. Um, we started with technology companies in Silicon Valley, uh, such as Microsoft and Shopify and Flexport. But, you know, uh, we're talking, we're working with companies such as airlines and energy companies as well. And eventually we think that every single company will have to have some plan to achieve net zero or carbon neutrality. And, and you know, we're ready to help companies in any industry. And for those of you that might be interested, I will put a link to your website in the show notes and I encourage the audience to check it out. The logos that are on there, most of you will recognize. So tell me, what are some of the challenges in starting this company? Yeah, let's see. Um, at the beginning, one of the challenges was to uh, demonstrate that this was going to be a big market and that we can create a scalable business model um, and that we're not just a nonprofit trying to you know, protect trees. Um, and so to make a, a strong business case was a challenge that I had to put a lot of thought on because I figured that if we were able to create a strong business model, like, you know, the marketplace and the verification technologies, uh, if we could make the case for a strong business model, then this could become a company that could have way more impact than if we didn't have uh, a business model and we were just a nonprofit, right? So even though the company is um, a mission-driven company, we figured that this would take a better shape as a, as a for-profit organization. So the challenge was to, to come up with a business model that could be scalable and yet align with our mission of restoring nature to solve climate change. And then, you know, as we continue growing the company, always a challenge for a new organization is to find product market fit, is to, is to make a product that really addresses the need of your customers. Um, it's also a challenge always to uh, create a strong culture uh, within your team to make sure that you have the right team members at the right time and that the team members work together well. And now, you know, we are a remote company like almost everyone else with, with COVID. So the challenge is, you know, how do we make sure that we can work effectively and, and have a, a good time doing it? So these are all the challenges of, of building this company. Well, speaking of team members, I think your, um, your webpage with all your teammates on it is a great one, especially the gentleman, David, with the dog on his shoulder. I think it's beautiful. <laughs> yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes. We're still a small team. We are 13 team members now. But, um, but yeah, trying to keep it, keep it informal and, and, and include everyone. So, you know, you mentioned mission-driven earlier, which leads nicely to my next question, is the why behind what you're doing. And the reason I'm asking is because in while I was researching you, you know, I came across some of your other endeavors that you started, which are fantastic ideas. But why Pachama? Why now? What drives you? What keeps you going? Yeah, so Pachama is my third startup. And during my second, building my second startup, I realized you know, this is so hard. It takes so much work to build a company and to do anything, um, you know, of, of impact in the world that it's only worth it if you do it for something way beyond yourself, way beyond 
money or success or recognition. You had to be driven by a higher purpose that hopefully is to contribute to others, to a society, to future generations, to the planet at large. So I spent a lot of time thinking, okay, what, what are the missions, the purposes that I want to contribute, you know, way beyond myself and, 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 and something that will motivate me to, to, to give my all for the rest of my life. And, and then, yeah, I decided, or I came out, I came with a conclusion that protecting our planet, protecting nature, um, making sure that we can uh, navigate the climate crisis in the best possible way, that was a mission I wanted to contribute to. And, and, and yeah, that's what, that's what the why behind what we're doing. So as an interviewer, it's my job to push a little bit harder. You mm -hmm. said contribute to others, and you've mentioned the word contribute many times. Mm -hmm. Where does that come from? Where does that desire to contribute come from? Yeah, I think that that is what we are all uh, meant to do. Um, and it turns out that it's actually the most satisfying thing. You know, when you're uh, working for others, you get more satisfaction than if you're just work working for yourself, you know, for, for, for your own ego, you know? So I don't know. I think in my case, it came from <clears throat> really stopping at some point and reflecting deeply about life, about, uh, what makes a good life and, um, how to, how to live up to, to the highest possible values that felt true inside of myself. Um, and I think that, that, you know, we, we all, when, when we help others, we all experience a great sense of satisfaction. So I think that, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's what, what we are all meant to do. So this could be a dead end question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. How much do you think your, or do you think your travel played into ultimately starting Pachama? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that traveling definitely opened my perspectives and um, made me realize that, that we're all interconnected um, and it, it, it made me fall in love with the world, with the planet. Um, and, and it also helped me uh, gain self-confidence that I could... Uh, go out to the world and and build things, right? I, yeah, definitely. I wouldn't probably be here in Silicon Valley building a company if if I hadn't had this this experience of being on my own in a faraway country and having to figure it out. So yeah, it was it was a big part. You know, I think that's very interesting regarding travel, building confidence. I've had the opportunity to speak to some other guests also that have traveled widely and. The part about interconnectedness, absolutely, you know, they bring it back to when they, once they realize that when they go out into the world, how people essentially around the world all have the same dreams, aspirations, hopes, you know, we're all, like you mentioned, interconnected. Yeah. We share, we share more in common than we don't, you know, common denominators. We all want good for our families. But that part about confidence, I think is very interesting and important. And one of the ideas I've been kind of floating here locally is the idea of perhaps, you know, putting together an opportunity for and I'm going to say high school children, to be able to travel, to experience the world. Number one, obviously, to experience that 
interconnectedness that you mentioned, but also that building confidence. I think it's a very, very important point that you brought up. Yeah, yeah, that, that, those were the purposes or the missions of my, my previous companies, which were in the travel space was to help people uh, or encourage people to travel more to, to, to get this type of experiences. Um, now, it turns out that now we are realizing the climate impact of travel, right? So I, I also think that, uh, that we had to travel consciously. We had to travel... Uh, probably, you know, less and more meaningfully than we were traveling. We were traveling very easily and, you know, to do sometimes uh, shallow uh, vacationing and tourism. Um, and I think that rather than that, probably it's better to, yes, yeah, you said, send, you know, or, or, or encourage young people to go and have a more experiential travel in which you go to a place that a culture is very different to yours and you spend some good time there uh, humbly learning the ways of other people. Um, and I think that, that definitely can, can, can be great for future generations. You know, I love the idea of traveling consciously, just as I'd like to get your opinion. Do you think maybe in the future there might be an opportunity for an, let's say, an airline or for a company to create, you know, perhaps conscious travel? Yes, absolutely. I think that that would be great if it doesn't exist already. Um, yes, conscious travel that is trying to minimize the carbon impact of the trip itself. And then that is instead of just going and trying to have, again, a, a commercialized version of, of a trip to have a more experiential experience that is designed to expand your consciousness. Actually, the one who talks about that is Alain de Bouton, the philosopher. He talks about traveling as a way to expand your consciousness. Are you a fan of philosophy? I like philosophy a lot, yes. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me. So you mentioned this is your third startup and the traveling around the world. What are some of the most valuable lessons that you would say you've learned about yourself on your journey? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think that again, I learned that I am that I am interconnected to everyone else and to everything else. Um, I learned that that you know we we think that we know so much, and 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 that's really an illusion. We know so little. Uh, we know so little of of how uh, life in this planet works. We know so little about the true unfoldings of history. Uh, we know so little about um, the universe. We know so little about consciousness and the inner uh, worlds that we inhabit. So I think that you know, also traveling gives you a, a sense of humbleness. Um, and and then I also learned that that that, that people are good that that in, in most places everywhere i went i receive a lot of help always um so there's nothing to be afraid of right and th there's this this idea that that you know fear sometimes leads us to think that other people are good or that there's danger out there and actually the opposite is true you know i had many experiences you know from breaking wheels in the middle of the countryside in mexico and anybody who have thought, well, that's dangerous. And then people randomly helping me, you know, total strangers helping me um, to, yeah, 
similar situations again in in, in China, in 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 Europe, in, in in Africa, everywhere. So you mentioned confidence earlier, and you talked about fear just now. Let's talk about the other side of fear. Let's talk about courage. You know, you've been courageous to start three startups now. This one is a we would call it, you know, a big, huge, audacious goal. It's huge. Speak to courage for a moment. What gives you courage and how do you find that? Yeah, I was reflecting on the word courage uh, this week because a friend asked uh, what, what is the meaning of courage. And it turns out that etymologically, uh, courage comes from core, which is heart in uh, Latin. So courage, uh, the etymological definition is to act with heart act from the heart. So I think that ultimately that is what have, uh, gave, you know, what gave me courage in the past and what gives me courage in the present is to say, um, you know, if, if, if I am to act from my heart, if I am to live up to my values, what should I do? And then sometimes that is not the easiest path. Sometimes it's, it's hardest path or the riskiest path. Uh, but I have to act you know, from, from that place. Right. And, and when you act with heart and when you act, you know, with, with, in accordance to your values, even if you fail, it's going to be fine. Right. Because, well, at least you, you, you try to do something, something good with good intentions. Right. So, um, I think that that is also kind of like a safety net is to know that, 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 that you can fail. Um, and yes, some, some people might criticize you, um, but you will know inside yourself that you did for the right reasons. If you don't mind me asking, why was your friend asking about courage? I don't know. Uh, I think he probably was, you know, um, reflecting on his own on his own um, actions and how to go about it. Interesting. I think I think we're all doing some reflection right now, especially after this year. I think it's been a very tumultuous year. I've been telling you know, my friends and my peer group, I, I feel like there's this malaise, if you will, kind of all sitting over us. Yeah. And we're all trying to reflect, if you will, and trying to find our way out of it. Yeah. It does feel like a wake up year um, in which everything is going on in politics, in the environment, in, uh, you know, social justice. It's, you know, it's a wake up call for everyone and, 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 and it's good. You know, that's the way that we evolve by, by having to face the shadows of, uh, this, what we have, you know, in this case, you know, our societal, um, issues and, and yes, I, I do hope that more, more people reflect on, on how each of us are contributing to to the realities that we are part of. I do too. And speaking of reflection, so it's 2025. What does the future hold for Pachama? Well, I hope that by 2025, we have already helped protect um, millions of hectares of forest. We have helped uh, plant uh, hundreds of millions of new trees um, and... And, and yeah, we are we are on our way to to have a, a, a meaningful impact on climate and on conservation, um, and and hopefully still day one for the company. I like the idea of day one. For those that might not be familiar, can you share what day one means? Yeah, I think the the the, the one who talks a lot about that is Jeff Bezos at Amazon, which is mm -hmm. this idea of uh, 
not uh, getting too comfortable on your past success and thinking that you're just getting started and having this beginner's mind, um, which you know uh, allows you to continue to innovate and to and to have hunger uh, to to go out and 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 make it happen. How do you maintain a day one mindset? Mm, I. I meditate on a daily basis and and one of the things I, I try to do in my meditations is to go back to the present moment and to um, yeah remember that that the past and the future are fantasies in a way and and to say well I only have today what am I going to do today right and I think that in a way keeps you keeps you with with a with a beginner's mentality well I too am a meditator and that resonates very deeply with me. I have a very similar practice that I do almost every morning. And so mm. I agree that does allow you to center your focus on right now and perhaps what's important and what to prioritize. Yeah. So you mentioned meditation, you mentioned courage. Last question is, if you could share some advice or words of wisdom with the audience, what would it be? I think I will come back to this idea of interconnectedness, of interbeing. Um, I think that the jump that I hope we all do as a humanity is to move beyond the ideas of individuality, uh, skin-bounded ego, thinking that we are these characters that we inhabit, and start identifying ourselves with humanity you know, with, 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 the, with the interconnected network of beings that we are part of, and then with planet Earth as well, right? So we are not uh, separate. Separation is an illusion. The same way that we are actually made of trillions of bacteria that inhabit our bodies, we are also uh, cells into a network of, of beings, and, and we cannot exist in isolation. Um, so unless we start thinking of, uh, the forest and the fishes on the ocean and the humans in countries, uh, you know, far away as, as, as we, as part of, 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 uh, one single interconnected family, if you want, um, we are not going to survive to be honest, because, um, that, you know, th that is what got us in so many travels today, climate change and, you know, all the other crises that we're facing are part of acting from this uh, illusion of separation. So I think that, that, is, that is probably the, the, the biggest wisdom that I'm, I'm, I'm embracing and, and hopefully trying to share. That is beautiful wisdom. We were speaking offline and you mentioned perhaps people, ways for people to get involved in the movement. So if there are people on the fence right now thinking about how to get involved thinking about, okay, what can I do to experience this interconnectedness? What's some advice for those people? Yeah. Um, well, I think that, you know, as I said, meditation has been transformational for me. Um, and, and then once you meditate and, and, and you can go inside of yourself and, and find that inner peace, um, then you can go out uh, to the world and, and act in, in smaller, big ways. I think, for example, one way is if you're working for, for a company, you can try to, to steer your organization towards 
you know, doing something positive for climate change right now. Every organization can have a climate action plan. Uh, it has to be part of the responsibility of every every organization, companies, governments, uh, nonprofits, and so forth. Um, and and then also another thing I did is try to change my lifestyle. Uh, to be honest, to to have a more conscious lifestyle. You know, so for example. I became vegetarian and I'm from Argentina. So meat is a <laughs> part of my family's diet, but I became a vegetarian. Um, I uh, sold my gas car and I leased an electric car and, 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 and now I drive electric. I, uh, I tried to purchase clothing only from companies that use organic, sustainable practices on the product. Um, and, and I try to buy less, to be honest, I, I try to be, to be minimalistic on, on my consumption. Um, so I think that, yeah, all these are things that come to my mind. Well, Diego, thank you for sharing that. I've so enjoyed speaking with you. Is there something that I should have asked you that I have not? Um, no, I mean, I guess I can also, if anybody wants to help with Pachama's mission, um, we're a small team, but we're going to be hiring uh, more people on our team. Um, so, you know, feel free to go to our website and, and also to send it to other friends who might be wanting to work on climate. Um, if you want to, if you want us to talk to your company about how your company can become carbon neutral or net zero, we can help with that. Um and, and yeah, just in general, if you want to follow our journey, you can follow us on, on Twitter or LinkedIn and, 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 you know, stay tuned on our news. And I will put links to all of those in the show notes. Diego, thank you again for your time today. And I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thank you so much, Rash. Keep it up. Before we go, I'm excited to share that we've launched our comic strip, The Adventures of Mira and Nexi. You can find the first issue at our website, nexuspmg.com under the original content tab. Thank you for listening. If you like our show, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. And you can show your support by sharing our show with a friend or reach out to us on social media where you'll find us under our Nexus PMG handle. If there's a subject or topic you'd like to hear about, send me an email, btu at nexuspmg.com or contact me via our website, nexuspmg.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for our monthly newsletter where we share what we're reading and thinking about in the clean tech, green tech sectors. Bigger Than Us is a Nexus PMG production.